This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Prayer is the turning of the heart. It is the Holy Spirit's turning of the heart to the Lord, or we can call it the turning of our affection to the Lord. Prayer is the activity of the Holy Spirit turning our affections to the Lord. Another great writer wrote, prayer is God doing all things in us. Now I want to talk about who initiates prayer. And I touched on it last week, but I just want to go deeper. And we we actually ended in Isaiah 55 Come, all who are thirsty. Holy Spirit, speak to us, I pray, and give us a divine hunger and a divine satisfaction as we spend time with you. Let this be the most prayerful church on planet Earth. I said, let this be the most prayerful church on planet Earth. In Jesus' name. Come, all who are thirsty. Anybody thirsty this morning? So come to Jesus. Psalm 80, I'm going to need some help here. Uh, um, Dion, that I used to call Daryl, right? Whenever my father-in-law would come, he'd say, what's his name again? I'd whisper, Daryl. And he'd, he'd, he'd introduce him as Daryl. Dion would sit so honorably. Ryan, you want to grab a mic as well? There was the time he called Nico Nino. That's got to be a Jesus school Hall of Fame highlight reel. And then the backhanded slap to the, to the solar plex. Didn't, didn't hurt it either. Take it, Nino. All right. <laughs> Psalm 80, you're going to read verses 18 and 19, Dion. Ryan, you're going to read Song of Solomon 1, verse 4. Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, and the Lord God of hosts, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. Read that again. Then we will turn, not turn back from you. Mm-hmm. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. Yeah, so here we see the psalmist realizing that it is the Lord who initiates prayer. So he says, revive us, or another, another word you can use there is quicken. Quicken us, and I will call. In other words, prayer starts with the Lord. Who does prayer start with? Are y'all, y'all awake? Okay. You sure? All right. Prayer begins with the Lord's invitation. I want us all to understand that. So the next time you wake up at 5.30 and think, it might be a good idea to seek the Lord. What I'd like to submit to you is that it is actually the Lord saying, would you like to spend time with me? You're like, no, I don't believe that. Read that. Song of Solomon 1.4. says, draw me away, the daughters of Jerusalem. We will run after you, the Shulamite. The king has brought me into his chamber. Stop. Draw me and I'll run. So I don't run first. That's called grace. That's called the activity of the Holy Spirit. Nobody is designed in their natural flesh outside of the Spirit to just want to go shut the door. No, what we want to do is busy the soul. What we want to do is is dig out cisterns that do not bring water. That's what the natural 
unredeemed, non-Holy Spirit-filled and empowered person is designed to do. Now, the Lord has accomplished much for us positionally, no doubt about it. When we say that we are justified by Jesus, that doesn't just mean that the Lord uh, removed our guilt. It actually means he declares us as righteous. Okay, now you say, well, why is that important? Have you ever watched a, a trial like on TV? They don't declare you as righteous. They just say you're not guilty. Jesus did both. You're not guilty. And let me take it a step further. I declare you as being righteous. Not, don't, you should be excited, but I want to I wanna point the excitement in a, in, a, in a specific direction. You should be really excited about that, actually. But the, direction, the, the, the focus must be his righteousness. He has given you his own righteousness. Now, where people get messed up here is that they literally discount the full breadth of the scriptures, the reason that Paul lived, that I might know you, right? They discount all that. They discount the prayer life of Jesus. They discount Jesus's commitment to the scriptures. You know, Jesus read Torah and memorized it. Fully man, fully God. Did you know Jesus went to church as was his custom? The Bible says, you know, the longer I've done this, even with leaders, I have discovered that leaders who are not planted and submitted in a local church eventually go the wrong direction. You are never too famous or too anointed to come to the house of God. Even if you believe that the pastor doesn't preach as well as you. That just means your mind needs deliverance. It's, it's the wrong perspective as to what church is. Church is not a sermon. Church is the house that Jesus fills. So what I'm saying is that Jesus went to church. Jesus read the Bible. It wasn't called the Bible. It's called the scriptures. Huh? Jesus, listen very carefully, gave his life to what the Lord, his father, had spoken and continued to speak. We're to do the same. So yes, we're justified. We receive his righteousness. But God is after something called sanctification that eventually leads to him making us just like the Lord. I should say not just exactly like him, but, but, but the scriptures teach when we see him, we shall be like him. We are not the Lord. Some people have taken this teaching so far. I don't care how redeemed you are, how glorified you are in heaven one day. The Lord Jesus will never bow down to you and worship you. <laughs> so if your positional teaching goes that far, you need to hit the brakes. Nobody will say, worthy is Michael forever and ever and ever and ever. Michael will be saying, worthy is the lamb who is slain. We've got to be seeing this properly. But that being said, this sanctification process that requires partnership, it means to be plucked out from and given unto. That's what the word means. Pulled out from and given unto. That's why Paul refers to the church as the holy ones, the saints, those who've been made holy. Why am I saying this? Prayer is one of the main avenues 
if not at the top of the list, by which God accomplishes that molding. Because the Lord is after something. You've got to get this. Your prayer life is connected to God's agenda for the ages. Think about that. It is bigger than your closet with your stank shoes in there. It's bigger. It's way bigger. It's that the Lord is using the moment. It's what we call communion or co-union or communion. Joining the community of the Lord. Experiencing community with the Lord whereby which there's a nature exchange and he slowly, slowly molds me and makes me just like his son. Romans 8, 29. That we do not conform, but be transformed, right? That's not Romans 8, 29, but this is the Lord's obsession. That we be like his son. Amen? That's Romans 8. He wants us to be like Jesus. That's a greater goal than giving us a big ministry. I just, I wish, I wish we could get that part because I don't think we see this as the Lord's main obsession. Can I camp here for a minute? I don't think we view the Lord molding us into the image of his son as the Lord views it. I don't think we see it the way he does. I think, I honestly believe that we have a, we have a different priority structure than the Lord Jesus has. Like, if we understood that this is what the Holy Spirit's after, this is his goal, we would resist less. We would be less shocked when things don't go our way. We would, we would not rebuke the work of the Lord. I rebuke you. The Lord's like, hey, that's me. Good luck. <laughs> you wouldn't see a demon around every corner. it's actually demonic to disconnect the work of the cross from the Lord Jesus the crucified suffering life is who he is and that's why he calls Peter Satan he didn't say I want your perspective to get behind me he didn't say you're the I love you I'm going to prep you for this one. Is your heart soft? How's your heart doing? How are you? How are you? He didn't do any of that. All the stuff we say to, to, to prep somebody for a pointed remark. You know we love you here, right? You know you're a champion. You're going to do great things with your life. <laughs> then you get them. <laughs> There's none of that. It's just the Lord says, oh, you don't want me to go to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. So Jesus views any disconnection between him and the cross as being utterly the work of Satan himself. Attempting to preach a gospel and introduce a Christianity that is void of Christ crucified. It is not an incomplete version that just needs some growth. It is satanic to the core. It's why 40 million people have left the faith, as John Bevere said. What, 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 how, 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 in how many years? 20? It's like 20 years, 40 million believers in America have left 
the faith. And John Bevere brought up a great point. I wonder if they were ever even born again at all. I wonder what gospel we've presented. Are you you're tracking with me? So in prayer, the work of the cross is introduced beautifully. It's glorious. It's, there's something beautiful when you're alone with God and he starts challenging you in private. Oh, that's how he deals with you. And I'm grateful we have a Lord who deals with us. Aren't you? Aren't you grateful that Jesus deals with us at a guttural level? Gets into the depths of our thoughts and what we're doing and challenges what other people celebrated. I love because you can't lie to him in that moment. You can try, but he won't let you come any closer. He'll go, oh, we have a roadblock here now. And that's, that's how the cross works in the life of prayer and in the invitation to obedience outside of the secret place because if you don't obey what he tells you to do in secret when you're not in secret, your secret time will be affected. And he knows what he's doing. Because you'll go in going, I'm a Jesus school student. I go to Jesus image. I, I want to burn. I want encounters with God. And he'll go, uh-huh, I told you to send a person that check. That person you don't like. I told you to write the check. And it's been three weeks. So we've got a little stalemate going here. Wow. And that's what he does with those that he loves. He goes, ah, obedience is greater than sacrifice. But you don't know what to obey unless he whispers to you. Amen. So the two are connected. And it's, it's the Lord who starts the process. The Lord brings the invitation. Now we just read Song of Solomon chapter one. Were you reading that? Okay, read that again. I want you to hear the second part of that verse. So, so j- just keep reading. I'll tell you when to stop. Is this okay? Yes. Draw me away, the da- daughters of Jerusalem. We will run out. Okay, so you. first he draws and our response is to run. Who starts it? Say the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We're not in charge of starting the romance. Hold on, stay right here. We're, we're not in charge. Do you know the gospel is not our idea? Do you know salvation wasn't our idea? You know what Adam's idea was? Hide. God's idea was, where are you? Let me kill an animal and cover you in bloody skins. That's God's idea. Draw me and we'll run. It doesn't say draw me and walk. Ah, that's why a few people get to have a lot of fun in the nations. It's, it's not, yes, certain people are marked and it's almost impossible for them to get out of it. And I, if there's anyone who's experienced that, it was me. I remember being in Gainesville, backslidden, hammered in parties six nights a week, the devil literally, demons manifesting in my room, yet I could feel the Lord saying, you stay and you die. Get out of here. Get out of here. Remember the word that you received in this building in 1989. He would literally remind me of the word and the demons would mock the word. Yes, I know the Lord calls us. He knows us before we're in our mother's womb and he speaks something over us. But I do believe there will be many tears flowing in heaven because of people who didn't run at the invitation. I'm not saying they're not born again, but I'm saying tears of regret can flow. And I still don't feel like I caught up yet. I still feel like I'm a couple years behind. So when he draws, the only response is run. 
even if you don't know where you're going. Slam your head in the wall. He loves that. Like run full speed. If you feel blindfolded, just start sprinting. Boom, and just knock yourself out. He'll pick you back up. But when he draws, don't lay it down. When he draws, don't resist. When he draws, do not walk. And when he draws, do not crawl. When he draws, run. Respond to the pull. Keep reading. The king has brought me into his chamber. Hold on. I thought I barged through the door. No, 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 no. You can't get in without invitation. The king brings me into his chamber. Not the outer court. Not where his visitors come. The chamber speaks of the bedroom. Intimacy. It's where the groom and the bride disrobe themselves. That speaks of status, covering, and shame. Adam knew he was naked, so he had to be clothed. But in the chamber, all is removed and you're face to face with the Lord himself. Say it starts with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has to bring you in. And this is good news if you consistently feel like praying. What I would submit to you humbly today, it's not you feeling like it. It's the king inviting you. (laughs) And I love, I love that that says the king brought me in. Keep reading. We will be glad and rejoice in you. You want joy? Answer the call. Go in your room. Keep reading. We will remember your love more than wine. Whoa, wait a second. There is an intoxication. A spiritual, intoxication is the wrong word. Pleasure. A joy. A holy, ecstatic life when you are alone with the Lord that is greater than any earthly pleasure. Amen. But that's true. Keep reading, Ryan. Rightly do they love you. Whoa, hold on. If you come in, you'll discover two things. Number one, or three things. Number one, he is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Number two, you will discover Nothing could be more right than to say yes. All right? Number three, there is a right way to say yes. Oh. I don't like Jesus' image because if we go there, if we act stupid, they'll tell us to stop. <laughs> if, I, if I am screaming over his sermon, he is controlling me and will not let me just be myself during his sermon. You're exactly right. Because there's a right way that's prescribed in the scriptures to love him. I don't know where we adapted that church is like your place to just express anything you want at any time. Like, how did, how did we get there? And it's not control to say, hey, not right now. Because what God is doing in the room with the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people isn't less important than when you feel like doing right now. Oh, newsflash. It's not Charlie image. It's not Doug image. It's not Bob image. It's not Lucy image. It's Jesus image. So it's actually about him. The, the, the charismatic church needs to realize there is a way to be in his presence. Now, when he hits the celebration button in a room, you'll know. And we yield to that. Amen. 
Keep reading. It's not Carla image. <laughs> or Martha image. Staff, keep going. I am dark but lovely. Hold on, what happens in there? I'll tell you what happens. You realize your sin, but you also realize he still wants you. That's what she's saying. And she goes, wait, I'm, I'm dark with sin. And you still said come in? Oh, Jesus. Who is like him? Keep reading. Oh, Dara- oh daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar. Mm-hmm. Those speaking of the, the dark tents that the Bedouins lived in. Keep, keep reading. Like the curtains of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Do not look upon me because I am dark. Okay, now she's, she's experiencing true repentance. Don't look upon me, Lord. He said, I'm going to look anyways. Don't, don't look upon me. That's healthy. That's holy repentance. That's guttural type repentance. Give me two more minutes. Keep going. Because the sun has tanned me. Mm-hmm. She's speaking of what life did to her. She, got, she was darkened. She was dried up by the sun, by the ways of the world. Her skin lost its life. Keep going. My mother's sons were angry with me. Ah, she's speaking of the church. Speaking of the church, that she had issues, that the, the, the family of God, they were angry with her. Keep going. They made me the keeper of the vineyards. Oh, keep, but, read the next but, one. But my own vineyard I have not kept. Welcome to the ministry without first love. I worked the ministry. I served people. They made me keep their own vineyard. I'm a pastor and I live for you. And I, will, and I will do whatever you say. And I'm there for you at any moment, even if it means not being with my wife or family. No. You don't want a pastor like that because he won't be a pastor long. The devil will, if your pastor is too busy serving you or making you feel seen to be with the Jesus and his family, you'll have him for like three years. Some promiscuous woman will roll up. She'll find the weakness. A family will get blown up. This is not a new story. You hire people you don't know because you're addicted to growth. And the Bible says, know them that labor among you, but you're too impatient. So you just want to grow, 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 grow. You hire people. They don't love Jesus. That's infectious and contagious. And eight people don't love Jesus. And then the people that do love Jesus look like they're extreme. That's what happens when Martha and her culture invades a people. And that's what happens when you keep other people's vineyards and not your own. And that's what she's discovering here. When you invited me in, I discovered my vineyard is broken down. Oh, hallelujah. That is good. Let's end it here. Look back at verse 2. Who initiates it? Say the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit initiates prayer. Say it again. The Holy Spirit initiates prayer. Say it again. The Holy Spirit initiates prayer. Say this. When he draws me, I will run. I'm saying it three times because we're going to seal it. When he draws me, I will run. One more time. When he draws me, I will run. Do you know everything you're seeing in mass was birthed in private in this ministry? Everything. 
All this is, is an overflow of what I discovered in private. That's all it is. I fell in love with the word in private. I learned his touch in private. I learned to worship in private. I learned the value of holy worship in private. I learned what he was doing in a room in private, not here first. I learned to guard the presence of God here because I had to guard it in my room because when you tell the Lord, I'm here till 10 p.m., the thought of sitting in there for nine more hours without him when he becomes your food sounds like a death sentence. And so is a meeting. That's why Catherine said when, when my father-in-law went to his first meeting, when he, when he heard her preach, he, she looked down at the crowd. She said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He's all I've got. You don't discover that in public. You discover it all alone. So I don't want to teach you how to change the world if you can't move his heart in private. Because it's the only healthy model. Let it spill over. What is the anointing but the overflow of the divine life of Christ flowing out and upon a person? It's just the overflow that other people get to come and drink from. Amen? Let me read this to you and then I'll pray. Verse 2. Let him kiss me with the... We, Brian already read it. I just want to reiterate it. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Oh, now you're discovering what prayer is. The king says, come in. He brings you in. He brings you more deep, 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 more deep. He's been processing you, testing you, telling you to sell everything and move to Orlando like many of you have, which is amazing to me. It's humbling. I met a family in the lobby who said, we came in from Washington State this morning. I said, not for Disney? They said, not for Disney. To be in the presence of God. What an honor. So the Lord starts inviting you. He, he, he invites you. And then in that invitation, there's a little journey. That journey goes from your tent, if you're ancient Israel, to the gate, which is Jesus, to the outer court where there's a lot of people. Most people don't even leave the tent, let alone get into the outer court. We, I grew up in the 90s hearing, all, most of us hang out in the outer court. I'm like, no. Most of us stay in the world. We just love the tent. But there's a walk to get to the gate. And you get to the gate, and the Lord brings you in. And when he brings you in, he brings you in more deep, more deep, more deep, like Esther who's been bathing in those spices. And now he smells his fragrance on you. He sees his nature in you. That's why it's important to forgive those who hurt you. You got to. Unless you want to hit reverse in the process. Don't hit reverse. Keep moving toward him. Be like him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And when he sees that in you, it's like the king seeing, smelling his own spices, his own fragrance that he allowed in his court on Esther. He goes, I like that. That's like me. And then once you get super close, you, you experience this text. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. That's face to face. Don't miss it here. God saved what I'm about to tell you for, for the end because it's so precious it's so precious knowing it's the best wine. He saved it for this moment. Do not miss this. When you come in, you get with the Lord and you just, you wait on him. And as you wait on him, you feel that activity. It's the when you pray, then say, that begins to, 
to erupt in you and you feel the activity of the Spirit inside of you, you feel the Lord begin to move, you've got your Bible open, you're gently reading, you're not keeping up with some devotional track. It's, you're gently reading and you're giving God the, uh, the liberty to hit a red light on a word or a verse. And when he hits that red light, you, you have a choice to yield or move on. And he's wanting you to yield. He's wanting you to stay. And then you pray into a question maybe in a verse and intimacy is birthed and fuel is added to that fire and you come face to face with the Lord, which is true worship and prayer. Notice the Shulamite doesn't say here, kiss me once. She says, kiss me with the kisses. Lovers of Jesus must have more. You didn't hear what I just said. Lovers of Jesus must have more. More is not striving. More is love. When we say more, Lord, we're not saying we're not at rest. We're saying we're at rest. And since we're still, give us more because he won't kiss a moving target. To be face to face, you have to be eye to eye. He clarifies the vision. You're mouth to mouth. That means his breath becomes your breath. You're heart to heart when you kiss him and he kisses you back. That's intimacy to intimacy. It's passion for passion. It's fire for fire. It's deep calling unto deep. This is the beauty of a life of prayer. And what I want to leave you with today is that it is the Lord's idea and the Lord who initiates it. In Jesus' name, amen. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.